Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous and our Star Trek Adventures series, The Apotheosis Protocol. This is Episode 2, Legacy of the Ancients. So, welcome, friends, to Occultus Anonymous uh, once again. Um, you'll notice that the positions have changed if you're joining us for the first time. Uh, we're taking a short break from the craziness that is Mage the Awakening. Um, to do a series of mini-series. Um, and the first one in these mini-series is the Modifius Star Trek Adventures uh, run by yours truly. Uh, we're visiting yes. once again the crew of the uh, USS Curie on their three-year mission to explore deep space in a semi-accompanied uh, mission uh, into unknown territory. It's been a lot of fun so far. I'm looking forward to picking it up. Uh, we are brought to you today uh, by Roll20 and sponsors like you. Um, specifically, Zoltan, Vortex Falcon 00, Trexalor, Thomas, Taryn, Shexara, Shane, Secret FFL, Sean, Ryan, Ryafio, Puppeteer, Porter, Boog, Perry, Other Guy, Noba, Mozart D minor, Moku Moku, and then just Moku, uh, Ms. Grumpy, <laughs> Milo V3, Michael, Melissa, Long Live the Queen, Crazy Man 1772, Klaus, Catfeathers, Jules Best Boy, <laughs> uh, Josh, John, uh, John with an H, um, the second one, there's a John and then a John with an H, uh, Jenny, James, George, Funzu Suru, uh, Suru Ali, Emil, uh, Doggo Deloon, Clara, Chris, uh, Buck, Brandished Genitalia. Yes! If you're wondering where that name comes from, join us on Discord. Um, <laughs> Bernie, Alsrit, Alexander, Al, and Adele. Thank you very much for your ongoing support. It really means a lot to us and helps us do things like uh, buy new art um, and replace broken equipment and things like that and helps keep us on the air. Um, plus, we sort of bask in that reflective love and we really appreciate it. Um, Okay, that was the Rule 20 Patreon sponsorship. Rules are so we're playing the uh, Star Trek Adventures by uh, Modifius. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, basically the lower numbers are better. Uh, 20s are really bad. That's like a natural one in D and D, and one is like a uh, crit natural 20 in D and D. If you're looking for that, so the lower numbers are always going to be better. Um, difficulty numbers are sort of generated on the fly based on the character stats um, and that kind of stuff for me. Um, have a discipline and a stat, and we combine them two to come up with the difficulty numbers as we're going through the game. Um, we are using the Star Trek intellectual property, which is um, a very fertile ground, and there's a lot of detail, and it's this kind of thing that lends itself to that detail. Um, and there are people that are really into that, and I 100% get it. Uh, but that's not what this story is about. This um, The intellectual, uh, intellectual property of... Star Trek are the paint and canvas that we're using to paint a word picture for you guys to enjoy. So we're not too worried about what ship was where, when, and what exact crew numbers are, and what the fighter complement is of that particular frame, um, and that kind of stuff. We're more interested in the story side of things, and that's what we're uh, focusing on here. Last time, when we joined the crew of the USS Curie, um, we found the ship adrift in space with the crew apparently whisked away with no warning. Well, perhaps some warning because there were some yellow alerts uh, on around the ship. Uh, but the quarters were empty, 
food was apparently being carried in trays and just dropped, and there was no sign of anyone on board. Um, the only voice on board was the frantic voice of the captain um, of the USS Syracuse, urgently trying to raise um, uh, Captain Tuchelor. My love. And then we cut to um, uh, Commander Kitneyel lying prone, having just had his bell rung in some sort of sand-floored arena with a cheering crowd around. Um, and the opponent that he was facing off against was his own captain, who apparently did not recognize him. Uh, Commander Kitneyel himself had no recollection of anything that happened up until the point where he came to um, on the sandy ground. He knew he was a Starfleet officer. He knew he was the first officer of the USS Curity, but everything in between that period of time just seemed to have been gone. Um, so he took a dive and let the captain win, um, thus avoiding further injury, uh, but figured out that it was the electrostaves that you guys are, electrostaves that you were using to fight with that broke him out of his um, whatever it was that had a lock on his memories. Uh, thinking quickly, he devised uh, a means to basically build a, a joy buzzer that he could carry in the palm of his hand and then uh, proceeded to go around and shock members of the crew into a wakefulness. Um, and as a result, um, all the members of the bridge crew um, and uh, some of the senior staff have been freed from this sort of mental state that they were in. They found themselves on this planet, a civilized, highly advanced planet. Um, or, well, I say planet because of course you're on a planet, but the only place they see is this one city. And large sections of the city are unoccupied, um, apparently still left in ruins. So there's a portion of the city that is fully live, lived in um, and uh, has advanced technology. And uh, the city is ruled by these giant humanoid, humanish looking females. Um, who uh, um, are in some sort of elevated strata, social strata above everyone else. The rest of the population of the city completely appear to be races of folks that have shown up very similar to the crew of the Kuri. They just appear one day and get incorporated into their society. Uh, minds are wiped and uh, they become um, adoring servants of the queens. Um, apparently this has been going on for some time. Some investigation by Dr. Kitneyel revealed that um, uh, this civilization appears to have been built on the on the bones of an earlier civilization that's much older, but this has been here for quite some time. And they've been collecting these ship wanders by and they get the crew snack and they become servants of the queens. The whole society appears to be organized around improving the queens through uh, genetic manipulation is the theory that Dr. Hudson has been working on. Um, and I think I covered most of the salient details. And we can probably roll that intro through. Space. The final frontier. These are the brave adventures of the Starship Curie, whose three-year mission is to explore new worlds, to seek out new civilizations, and to boldly go where no one has gone before. Alright. <laughs> you guys can bully me with fear if you wanted to. <laughs> um alright, um so we're uh back into things. Um I thought we'd pick up with a bit of a flashback. Um and the camera um as the credits roll past, the camera zooms in on um uh Commander Kitneal's office. 
Uh, Commander Kitneal, uh, uh, this is uh, to, to place it in time is after the subspace anomaly incident mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that uh, caused a lot of stress and some minor damage to the ship. But uh, through the heroic efforts of the engineering crew, managed to save um, from what could have been a disaster. Um, so it's uh, some period of time after that. Um, I don't want to necessarily put it into a pigeonhole for exactly when. Um, but you're in your office, you're going about your duties. Um, the crew has sort of settled down after that. It was definitely a little bit rocky after the um, um, after that incident. There was a lot of stress, and uh, the engineering crew in particular needed some, you know, careful uh, managing afterwards to um, deal with the tensions and stuff like that. But the uh, counselors that you have on board were a huge help. Um, and you know that the captain has been making a point to send back to Starfleet how much of a help having counselors on board has been for this mission, because you've had to rely on them several times already. Um, you uh, had an appointment that you're going to go and meet somebody, and you get up and you walk out uh, of your office and almost run into uh, Jiffus. Um, he's standing there looking mildly agitated, and you have the impression that he has been there for some time. Um, just sort of lurking outside of your door. Um, he looks up and snaps to attention. Oh, uh, Commander. Um, forgive me, I didn't mean to disturb you. You didn't disturb uh, and then, me. And then he's about to turn away and start to walk away, uh, looking like he's been caught. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, he doesn't get to get away at that point. It's like, no, you didn't disturb me. In fact, I was coming to see you, but you clearly had something to uh, to say. So, uh, oh, well, let's start with your thing. Uh, if this is a convenient time. Yeah, I was coming to see you. Uh, uh, I, I will note, Commander Kidneal was not coming to see Jiffus. Mm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe may we sit down, Captain. Or, uh, Commander. Uh, sure, was my a, office. There was a Craig error. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so he came in and he sits and you uh, sort of just... He's obviously struggling with something, so you kind of let him... Oh yeah, lead sit. I got patience of a thousand something years, yeah. <laughs> um, but for Jiffus, who is always so tightly controlled, um, he's, it looks to comparatively, he's falling apart. Right. He's fidgeting and he's plucking at his data pad. And um, I mean, the fact that he, he looked agitated before, yeah. How yeah, unbecoming um, of a Vulcan. Especially for Jiffus, who's mm. probably the most tightly wound Vulcan you've ever seen. Um, but finally he uh, just um, sets down his data pad in his lap and he just kind of looks at you and you sort of get a helpless kind of vibe from him and he says I I've been struggling um, recently After the incident with the subspace anomalies, I went to adjust the playbook. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a, a first pass at it, um, I was—I uh, had an outline for an additional 19 chapters. Absolutely. But then I realized all of the training that I've taken, the years that I've spent studying and learning all of that time and effort and it didn't prepare me at all for the things that we have encountered out here 
I I don't know how to proceed with my playbook because you can't plan for what you don't know. And there's so much out here that we just don't know. Jiffus, that is the exact purpose of our mission. We are learning these things. We are experiencing these things. And we are sharing that information with the rest of the universe, the galaxy, whoever we can share this information with so that they can learn and build off of our experiences. You've added 19 chapters to your playbook, which, yes, may never help us again. But if one more person, one more crew member, one more ship is saved because of information that we have gathered, experiences that we have made it through, and we pass it on. And worse comes to worst, the Curie being lost to all hands. Somebody will come behind us, look at what happened to us, and they will learn from us. Even in our worst scenario, losing the entire ship, we will have saved lives. We will have forwarded science. It is true that some of the most instructional information we received from the previous five-year missions were in the recovered salvage buoys from the ships that were lost. I, uh, I had done the outline for the 19 chapters and, and then I deleted it. Can't recover those files? Well, there didn't seem to be much point. I can't I can't expect my crew to spend four hours in an emergency going through decision trees for something that that may never actually be considered in the decision tree. The best you can do is prepare. At the time of having I would rather have a tool and not need it than need it and not have it. So you're saying the tool. <laughs> so you're saying that the playbook would be a worthy investment in time? There's two aspects to this, Jiffus. Um, personally, no, the playbook does not help me. It may not even help your crew, but it does seem to help you. It helps organize your thoughts. It helps place down decision trees. It helps you come up with future scenarios based off of the experiences that we have. That clearly helps you. That alone makes it worth doing. So long as it doesn't detract from your other duties. This is like asking me whether or not I find the poker game useful. Yes, of course I find it useful. A, because I enjoy it, and B, I get to know my crew. I hadn't considered that. My intent in writing the playbook was so that if I were ever incapacitated or lost, that the engineering crew can continue on and still benefit from my experience and knowledge. And it will do that, won't it? 
at least but it, in some situations. But it can certainly be pared down. And instead of trying to expect my crew to have a prepared plan for every contingency, which is obviously not possible, I could use it to organize my thoughts and prepare reports on the things that we do find and discover. And if and then nothing. he sits up and uh, picks up his data pad and sort of adjusts his shirt. Thank you, Commander. Of course. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Um, and then he rises and walks stiffly to the door and turns and gives you a head nod and exits your chambers. While that's happening on, it's sort of concurrently, well, actually, this is also a flashback, but this is going to be in sick bay with Dr. Hudson. This is after the incident um, with the uh, pathogen. Mm. Um, the crew is mostly the horny virus. <laughs> well, I mean, the lowered inhibitions virus. Because yeah. some people just like spent eight hours stuffing themselves with cake in the galley. Right? It, it, it manifested soft is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it's not necessarily it was the horny virus. It was definitely lowered inhibitions. Listen, the vi um, that virus is <laughs> that virus is what leads to <laughs> someone brandishing their genitalia necessarily. <laughs> 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 oh my. That's going to live on forever. Um, I'm delighted. So you've been finding lately that you've been much busier than normal. Just in the last few days. Um, patients have been coming in and asking for you specifically. Um, and normally this doesn't happen. Like you have a staff to take care of all of this. You have a head nurse um, that handles most of that. But lately people are asking for you specifically. Um, so you've had to set aside your work that you were doing, important work, to once again detail and deal with the the non-important problems that the crew bring to you. Uh, so you're dealing with this yeoman right now, um, who's like just a minor procedure. It's nothing too serious, but they've asked you specifically, um, and so that's sort of where we pick up. Um, and you're going about your business. Do you have any questions, or do you want to investigate that at all, or why isn't your staff handling this? Um, what is my nurse Lorac, right? Nurse Lorac. Uh, can we say she's there? Oh, sure. She's uh, almost always there. Right. Um, nurse, is everything okay in the sh on the ship with regards to our staff? Um, she turns to you. Um, and just because of your prodigious intellect, she doesn't fit the mental outline you have of how she is when she's talking to you. She's much more stiff than normal. Her hands are like folded behind her back in a very typical Vulcan sort of manner. And she says in a very flat voice, uh, there's nothing that I'm aware of. Is my staff not trusted among the ship currently? Uh, the yeoman looks up and oh, no, 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 it's, it's, it's not that, no, not at all. I'm, I'm sorry I bothered you, Doctor, I shouldn't have. You haven't bothered me, I'm just wondering. Um, and she kind of glances over at Nurse uh, Lurak and then uh, back to you. No, it, it, it's nothing, I'm sorry that I took you away from something. I have permission to speak freely, yeoman. 
Uh, she glances at Larok again. Just, it, it used to be um, nice coming here. Um, we felt cared for, but it's been much more sterile uh, lately. And if we're going to get sterile, then we, we might as well talk to you. Um, and Nurse Lorag just sort of sits there impassively. There's nothing on her face. Um. Your words ring as what I wish was a compliment to me, but I understand that that is not how they are meant. And yeah, he's gonna like really kind of scrutinize Miss uh, Lorak and try and give me um, or not feeling, I guess. Uh, insight in medicine, I guess would work. Sounds great. I'm actually good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, by by nature of being during a surgery, does surgery count for the focus? No. This is definitely interpersonal relations. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right. Uh, but if there is, a, if you have a focus on something like related to memory or recollection, that might mm. apply. No. Oh wow! Well, wow. Sure. So um, I will tell you that for free, just with the one success, and you can. Um, um, oh, I, I had focus click. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, okay. Be, it should be three. I did roll okay. a one and then two on two days twenty. So right. So that's still great. Um, so it occurs to you right off the bat, and you never noticed at the time because you're more comfortable in that situation anyway. Right. Nurse Lorak has always made you a little bit uncomfortable because she's, especially well, for Vulcan, really. she's very touchy. Yeah. She's always like putting a hand on your shoulder or handing, you know, a touch of the hand and that kind of stuff. She's been very um, emotive and um, touchy for a Vulcan. And it occurs to you that she hasn't touched you in several days. Um, and her normal good mornings, doctor, and stuff like that have been much more comfortable for you because it's <laughs> been very much more detached and sterile and sort of where where Dr. Hudson tends to come from. I think that would be fair to say. Um, and you are free to obtain information. You have two action momentum if you want it. Yeah. Um, yeah, is there a... under, you know, the the duration of this scene, I guess, is how, kind of how I'm seeing this, like, studying her... Mm-hmm. Uh, in that and, and this can be like time. more patients come through. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. over the course of you know, and a couple hours or whatever, mm-hmm. is there any obvious like physical uh, symptoms of something going on? Um, not without um, without a, an actual examination, you're not able to see anything. But there isn't anything overtly wrong that you can tell. That's okay. not like she's you know um, 
of displaying abnormal yeah, like behavior. a secret brain brain bug hiding in her hair or anything right yeah nothing like that that, that um nothing obvious anyway in the uh, first class all right um you have one more um question to ask if you wish Uh, I, I, I guess the can the question be like in character? Yeah. Okay. Um, then it's like at I guess like a lunch break essentially. Um, like he has staff bring a meal to to us and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and um, basically just like asks a question as friendly as possible but plain, plainly demands to know what's what's up with him essentially just to help guy guy to i have a couple questions for you are you planning on arranging for the sick bay to be just the two of you yes okay um and I, can i get a social sort of role you can pitch me on how you want to approach it just to see how effective you are at breaking down her apparent barriers. Um, for him, this feels very daring. Sure. Um, and then um, under the, the guise of, like, this is affecting our work. It feels like so, command. But, daring command but from I, a position of authority? Right. Or I, as I a co-worker, you could do it like daring medicine if you want. I mean, either way, that's what I'm going to roll. But yeah, okay. that, that was more the like he he is genuinely trying to be personable and find out what's wrong, essentially. But it, but he's And you have doctor's orders, so you listen yeah. for command yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Try and be personable, but this is right. new for him. Right. Um yes. I think this is um I'm I'm going to argue that this is lead by example of like he is trying to be a, a more human and empathetic doctor to find out um, like because I think he definitely has some insecurities every now and then about his ability to like rationalize and perceive the emotions of those around him and and his own emotions and stuff like that sometimes too so um, perfect uh, I'm 100% very, on board yeah it feels very star starfleet Sort of mm. thing. Ooh. No. Ooh. Um, I'm going to offer you a fail at a cost if you wish. Um, Succeed at a cost, you mean? Yeah, pardon me. Yeah, I said to, yeah. I'm heavily medicated. Um, <laughs> you uh, can succeed at a cost, so the, the downside is that it could possibly affect your relationship with Nurse Lorac moving forward. Basically, um, having to push yourself, to push too like, hard, force yeah. yourself past your boundaries to get to the info you're looking for. Uh, so I'm, I'll, I'll I'm okay you with that. that. Okay. Um, so you keep pressing her and keep pressing her, and she's um, built some solid walls mentally, but finally you, you know, just confront her. Uh, like you're not behaving the way you normally do. Right. What's going on? Um, and that's when she sort of deflates a little, um, and she says, "I have had." cause to I know you know that um, part of the reason I ostracized myself and my family by not going to the Vulcan Science Academy was because I wanted to learn more about other cultures 
and to embrace those other cultures. Um, what recent experiences have illustrated for me that that was perhaps not a well-advised decision. Um, that the reason, there are reasons why my people have embraced logic and reason. Um, and you, not their emotions. The pathogen? So that was uh, a catalyst. Um, but I, under, I understand more now why my people are the way they are. How do you mean? My, in our past, my people brought themselves to the very brink of extinction. We were violent and passionate. And that violence and passion nearly destroyed us. So too um, did us humans. Yes, you have had numerous wars, but you've, you've never been as a species on the edge of extinction. There's always been threats to your extinction, but you've never, your people have never teetered on the brink of a viable population. What we have, and the way we got out of that situation was through reason and logic and um, the shedding of our emotional selves. And I questioned that, and that's why I became a, a nurse in Starfleet. But I think that perhaps that was a mistake. That as a people, we Vulcans need to have a tight rein on that. We need to embrace logic and reason for the safety of ourselves and the safety of those around us. Speaking plainly, nurse, I. I respect your rationalization of this, of what has happened, uh, of the things that you have been through both personally and culturally. I think you are doing yourself a disservice, though, to phrase it like this and to from my perspective pretend to be something that you are not you were made a part of my staff and a part of this crew because you are a wonderful counterbalance to myself that seems struck a nerve um, and you see her facade sort of crack for a moment. um but she doesn't say anything. I, I cannot hope to fully understand everything that you're going that you are going through. I can only recommend that we have a cadre of essentially the best counselors 
available to Starfleet aboard this ship. And if you wish, we can make time to make time from your duties to have ample time with them. Um, and he like takes the time to actually like reach out and like grab her hand. Ooh. Um, that act, which is so out of character for Doctor Hudson, because um, this isn't a this isn't an examination sort of no. reach out and touch. No, this is an attempt to establish this is a friend, an emotional link. Yeah, I mean, very much so. Like, um, and that sort of bursts whatever composure she was trying to hold on to, and. Um, her hand just kind of comes up to her mouth. And then when she puts it down, she smiles. I, I have always respected you, Dr. Hudson, and if me trying to be different is that important to you, then I will speak to the council. I think that will do you very, that would, will do you some good, honestly. But if there's anything to be learned from my own experience, it is that cultural norms can be a shackle as much as a guiding light. And I believe that transcends all of the species of Starfleet. It's important what you just said to hear my own beliefs and philosophy echoed back to me by someone else. Good. Now, seeing as my schedule is extremely full for the rest of the day, Yes, of I course. Prepare. <laughs> um, and she stands up as you do, but she does. She sort of hesitates halfway there, but then we just, uh, just sort of gives your shoulders, please. Thank you, Doctor. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Um, now, at the end of the last uh, session, um, Ralph had to leave early. Um, so I'll going to roll the clock back just a little bit. And there was a lot of information that came out at the end of last session. That's sort of in a big deluge of information. Um, we still have, um, and uh, Ralph, you weren't part of that, but I, hopefully you yeah. watched the episode to fill in. We have three momentum on the board. I will offer those to you as an obtain information. Wonderful. To use Great. one, two, three, or none. Mm -hmm. You you asked for flashbacks. I did have a brief one that might oh. be relevant right before we use those momentum. If that's Absolutely, okay. sure. Absolutely. Great. So, and I think you'll be able to improvise this. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have uh, the crew live in my head, so that should be no problem. Excellent. Okay. So you're, you're uh, crowded in there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'd say a few weeks after Doctor Hudson is taking care of the virus, right, mm -hmm. and the captain is back to himself. Um, at one point, he strides onto the bridge uh, while the commander is in charge and walks straight up to the yeoman and says, Yeoman, my quarters, or not my quarters, 
my ready room now. And then just turns around and walks away. Um, just random yeoman, or is this uh, your yeoman? no Narkek yeoman Narkek? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, Narkek gets this gleam in their eye. And... <laughs> yeah. Bit of a roll to their swagger as they uh, follow yeah. after. <laughs> um, like they're really looking forward to it. And uh, uh-huh. comes I love them. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, uh, Captain Trichelor closes the door. Mm-hmm. And then um, puts on a sound filter so that the distinct words would be muffled. Sure. But the magnitude of the voices would still be there. Sure. Okay. Easy mm-hmm. And then he starts blathering in a high voice, not actually saying anything really significant. Like, blah, 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 blah. And then invites the uh, Narkek to sit down. Mm hmm. And then gets behind um, his desk, right? Which is probably you know baffling to Yeoman. Yeah, Narkek's like, what's going yeah, on? and then and then and then leans over the desk and says, "I have a scheme." One elbow on the desk, Narkek leans forward. Tell me more. <laughs> Do tell. One thing I've observed, despite the time we've spent together, is that Commander Kitneyall, for good reason is still suspicious of you. Hang on. <laughs> not suspicious, just does not approve. Let's be very clear. Fair enough. Carry that's on. what that's what that's what Chitchalor suggests, right? Um not to dissuade you from this scheme, but yes. I will say that Commander Kidneyle and I have definitely worked out an understanding of one another. Okay, great. But I don't let that. me that don't let that Frank Wars. Yeah. Don't let that stop a scheme. Yeah. <laughs> What this is, is I've realized that in the event that I am, hmm, how do I say this, uh, indisposed again, uh, it would be useful for some of your insight into my perspectives to be present in the event that I'm not able to provide it to the commander. And the reason why I mention this is the commander has a particular way of dealing with things, which I trust absolutely. The one thing I will note is that when I trust the commander to accomplish what he believes to be the best thing for the crew and for myself, that occasionally it's useful for him to hear a dissenting voice so that he can argue against it and either reinforce his position or on his own recognize the possible risks. Because despite his tremendous wisdom and experience, He's still capable of missing some spots, just as I am. So, what I'd like for you to do is pay close attention to the commander and look for gaps in how they approach particular decisions. And if it is ever the case that it seems like I not might not be present to provide a, a possible counter, consider it to be my advanced order and request of you provide that in my stead. Do you think you could do that? Um, <laughs> the, the yeoman is going to need to think about this very carefully. <laughs> yeah, you know. Strokes their chin for a moment. I get what you're saying. And I'm 100% on board. Um, I am always ready to tell somebody what they're doing wrong. <laughs> but I think it's an important part of that 
to have a buy-in from the other party. Of course. Uh, you and I worked out our understanding with one another, and the commander and I have a different understanding from one another. Indeed. Is, is the commander involved in this, or are you just planning on pranking him? It won't be a prank. Let me put it this okay. way. I anticipate that at some point in the future, something nearly as threatening as what happened before might befall this crew. We are braving new frontiers. We are constantly exposing ourselves to danger. And I care deeply about this crew. I also care deeply about Commander Kitneal. And I want to do everything in my power to make sure that I provide them with any resources available to me, especially those, and he points at Yeomanarchic, that I trust and value highly. So I'm not suggesting that you do something specific. I think you've gotten the point that I that I intend, which is that if you are ever in a position to provide useful advice to Commander Kitneal, please do not hesitate. This is less of a, a scheme than a plan. Well, it doesn't involve Commander Kitneal's direct participation, so technically it is a scheme. True, <laughs> um, but by putting the onus on me, I think I will interpret your instructions to provide my particular brand of insight in a manner that would be more palatable to Commander Kitneal while still fulfilling the purpose that you see behind it. Yes, that works for me. Might, I think we have an might, might want to put Wonderful. this one in writing their captain, just so he has it. <laughs> <laughs> and just, uh, just as a, um, you know, set dressing around mm -hmm. this sort of discussion, um, um, Yeoman Narkek definitely has a different relationship with you than he does with the captain. Oh, he is 100% yeah. or they are 100% comfortable, you know, busting into the ready room blah, 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 completely in the captain's face and the captain's right back. And that's <laughs> the dynamic they have. And they're both really enjoying it. Um, Narkek is never that way with you um, because you have some boundaries that you clearly decide that I'm in charge. You can provide input and guidance and suggestions, but you ever get in my face, you're going in the break. Yes. <laughs> um, so his uh, Narkex dealings with you are much more respectful and suggestive rather than you know a terror strip off of. So, uh, um, so that's sort of the dressing behind all, all of oh, this. Yeah. Scene. And uh, Narkex is, I, I fully understand your intent, Captain. And it would be my pleasure to do everything I can to help Commander Kitneal. Thank you. Hey, I I'm, trust it will be necessary at some point. Given the excitement we've already had. No <laughs> <doubt>. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely going to pull in Twitch chat's comments here of, I give you permission to speak freely to Commander Kitneal. Does <laughs> Kitneal know about this? Nope. Good luck. That's the way it was set up initially. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't, remember, it wasn't a... Hey, whenever you want. Right. It's, uh, if there's a dire situation and he needs to hear it, or they need yeah. to hear it, I would like you to do that, and I will deal with the consequences later. You just will have to deal with them in the immediate. That's right. Yep, no problem. Um, and that sounds like a good spot for the scene. Is there Perfect. anything else yes. anyone wanted to fit in for our flashback before we pick up with the current action? All right. Um, so we're back to 
the current situation, the crew is still mostly incorporated into the society. So most of your crew has no idea that they're Starfleet personnel or that they have a ship. Mm -hmm. um, as far as they know, they're just part of the society and who exists to elevate the queens and serve the queens and love the queens. Um, so you've managed to free the senior staff, but you haven't freeing 270 odd people is going to be a, a long-term thing unless you come up with some other way uh, to do it. And you had a few possible avenues there. We'll pick up with uh, the captain as we were just finishing off from last session. So you have this three momentum that you may obtain information if you wish. Do you have an understanding of everything that was discussed or do you need me to go over it? For the most part, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so you may ask th up to three questions of your choice. You mean all of us or you mean the captain? You. The captain. Oh, everybody okay. you can, everybody already had their... Up, I think. We did our yeah. questioning last week. Okay, last cool, week. cool, cool. Right, right. Yeah, they all had obtained information. Period. Wonderful. Okay, cool. Great. Um, so the first question, and uh, I might be skipping over a question that was asked, which is um, any known weaknesses of the queens? Mm -hmm. Known weaknesses. Um, and you could also interpret that as uh, not physical weaknesses, but things that uh, makes it easier to apply them, manipulate them, persuade them, that kind of thing. Their motivations and desires, right? Like, I will tell you that they are very much um, consensus-based. Okay. There is a structure for the queens, and different queens have different responsibilities, and there's higher orders of queens and lower orders of queens just based on experience and knowledge. It mm -hmm. seems to be mostly a meritocracy mm -hmm. um, uh, sort of among them. So when somebody is doing well, the other queens will elevate them to more responsibility, for example. Um, there isn't, as far as you can tell, a lot of friction between them. Mm -hmm. um, you could there might be that you're just not aware of but there's no overt friction between them um and and they're definitely a cooperating and it's almost like they're they're part of this whole thing to improve the queens as well oh, like they want this goal yes um and you're not sure exactly what that means or what the end state is but they're definitely this is something they want to do they're not doing this because they have to they're doing this because they want to Okay, wonderful. And and they view those people that are working for them in the servants as people that are helping them do what they want to accomplish. Mm, okay. Mm, okay. That's useful. The second question I have is, are there any external imports other than the people and perhaps occasional technology taken from ships? Do they have an standing relationship with any cultures, merchants, anyone that's regularly bringing them something they need? Um, so I will s there's no sign that they have a normalized relations with any other species that you can tell mm. there's all sorts of species many of whom you've never seen before mm. um, that are present in the city uh, but they all appear to arrive in a similar fashion to what you have as far as you can tell, based on the evidence you have in front of you, there's no outside contact. Okay. So even the queens don't know where these people come from that show up. They just mm. materialize in an auditorium, Ooh. are processed and indoctrinated. How intriguing. You do know that there's references to a caretaker. You've yeah. got some clues about that from a few different places. Um, that seems to exist outside of the social hierarchy. Mm -hmm. but also serves the queens in some sort of relationship that you're not 100% clear on. Okay. Um, so it could be that this caretaker um, provides these new specimens 
mm, that yeah. then go through the trials and at certain points either succeed or are washed out and if they're elevated they are in theory used to improve the the base species of the queen somehow that makes sense mm -hmm. uh, but no as far as you can tell there's no ongoing relations no communications um although the technology level is certainly high enough that there could be but you don't see any evidence of it happening don't okay. have trade ships flying in or stuff mm -hmm. like that yeah um, yeah, there's no ships moving at all. Like, uh, in fact, um, I'll give you this one as a freebie. There's no port facilities. Ah, uh, okay. Um, there is the no city. mechanism for a ship to land here. Mm. Um, there's no mechanism that they would use to trade unless it was just through transporters, which would be for large amounts of cargo. Uh, either their technology for transporting is way advanced from yours, um, or it just happened because. From your perspective, transporting large amounts of cargo is um, is an inefficient process. Just from You're the energy constraints at all, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Right. My third question is, um, the word caretaker in this context, is it spelled um, with a Q? Uh, no, it's... it's... Uh... <laughs> all right, anyway, no, that's not my real question. Um, <laughs> my real question is... Uh, are there any subterranean chambers or environments that are accessible? Um, there are some uh, that appear to be storehouses and things like that, um, but they don't go particularly deep. Okay. Uh, as far as you can tell, and you, like you guys aren't restricted from moving around the city. Um, there's sections that are closed off because they're like in disrepair and falling apart mm. and they're literally ruins. Uh, yeah. But it's not like there's armed guards or anything keeping you from nosing around if you wanted to. You're considered like free citizens of the society who have duties and responsibilities to fulfill. In your particular case, you're still competing in the combat trials. Makes sense. Um, but you're free to wander around the city as, uh, and you're considered like trusted members of the society unless you display otherwise. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that's enough for me. And that's enough for you? Okay. Um, I'll leave that last momentum on the board. Mm -hmm. Um. So that's where we're at. So with that information sort of gathered and disseminated, because you guys, it's easy enough for you guys to meet with each other, uh, we're going to uh, pick up with uh, Lieutenant Zikulin. Uh, and I inadvertently referred to you as a commander last episode, but your rank is actually a lieutenant. Um, and you're in the quarters of your queen, um, her personal chambers, attending her for an evening meal. Um, not an unusual um, circumstance, as her most trusted servant, that's sort of your role and your honor um, to serve on her uh, however she needs you. Most of the time it's uh, overseeing the arenas and the gladiators and things like that, um, um, but you're also uh, back in her quarters from time to time. Um, and this particular evening she seems a little distracted. Um, conversation has been carrying on just like normal, um, but uh, every now and then she seems to be lost in thought. And then finally she turns to you and she says, please have a seat. Um, it's not that unusual. Sometimes when she wanted to have a like a personal conversation with you, she would ask you to come and sit at the table with her. Um, and they have uh, special high chairs for you folks to be able to sit at their table. Is this all people? Yes. Um, so um, you pull up a chair and uh, climb up onto it. And um, she's looking a little, definitely pensive. Mm what you've seen her. The queens tend to be very sure of themselves. The one sort of trait that's common on all is, is a confidence that 
that they're doing the right thing. Um, but you're seeing definitely from your perspective doubt on her face. Is something bothering you, Mickey? Do you need anything? Your perception is what brought you my attention in the first place. You possess such a sharp mind and, and have such confidence. You carry yourself with surety. You have in you the makings of a queen. There it is. You're pleasing to look upon, of course, but I chose you for far more than that. You fought with such passion and skill in the opening bouts, but you also have such a sharp mind and a decisive wit. So I intervened, as is my right, and selected you as a servant. And I have benefited from your service, um, as have we all. It was a good decision to pull you out. The so, arena has never run so smoothly. Did I get pulled out of the f or I wouldn't remember, right? Because we don't know what happened while we were under. Yep. But lately I've begun to feel not regret, but a certain sadness that because of my interference you will not have the opportunity to ascend. Do you wish for me to re-enter? No, not really. You've become invaluable and make what I do so much better to elevate me just by your presence. I rise because I have you underneath me lifting me up further. But were you <laughs> joined to the line of queens, you would gain immortality and my sisters and I would be improved for it. He tops to take a drink of wine, sets a glass down, and then she looks at you and she says, if you ask it of me, I will return you to the trials. It is a very generous offer. Um, I might like to consider it for a while before deciding. Of course. I understand that it's a, a big decision. And I am, I am of two minds. I hope that you ask me and I also hope that you don't. You are too valuable to lose but because of your value, you should, you should ascend. And if I return to the trials and lose? I do not foresee that happening. But if you return to the trials and lose, then you would enter into my service again. 
As a queen, it is my right to select whoever I wish to serve me. I would serve and select you again. And then she sort of stops. And again and again. As if, like, um, <laughs> as if a new thought had occurred to her. If you, if you wanted to. And she seems like surprised at herself for saying that. Would you want to return to my service if you did not succeed in the trials? Yes, absolutely. She seems sort of simultaneously happy but confused. Like she doesn't have a context for processing this conversation or even understands why she brought it up. Well, good, then, then that is what will happen if you wish to enter and you do not need to decide immediately. No, well, take as long as you like. Knowing that I will return to your service if I do not ascend, uh, gets rid of any concern I might have had. So, I'll gladly return and try my hand at ascension. Um, I will ask you for a social role. You can pitch me however you want to do it, but off the top of my head, I'm kind of thinking um, insight um, command. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> but you can pitch me something else if you... Um, I was thinking like presence and security just kind of sure. as a like a very physical sort of flex is like I will go be your champion essentially okay okay that's cool can't believe the nine foot tall woman is a bottom Jesus <laughs> And yet, none of my. They're not all Dimitrescu. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's only one. Well, I mean, not true, but two successes. Um, so that's a success. Um, and uh, you have an extra momentum there. If you wish, you can either bank it or do an obtain information. Um, I will tell you just for the success um, before you decide. Um, that she's happy that you would go back into the trials, but also regrets making you the offer. Mm. Um, because if you succeed in the trials and then move on to the next one, she may lose the ability to, like, if another queen spots you and decides, no, I'm taking oh, yeah. her, then you go to their service. Because it's just right now we're in her trial. That's right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and you, so you have one momentum if you wish to spend or not. Um, I want to ask her about how. No, it can be an in-character question, but it can also be an out-of-character question. Mm -hmm. No, um, I want to know how much longer this section of the trial is, like how far into the combat trials we are. Yeah, how many more rounds do we have to go before we are? decided. Right. Um, 
I'm not going to charge momentum for that because it's just straight conversation that's within your duties and stuff. It would be an expected sort of thing. Um, she says uh, another couple of uh, um, a couple of weeks, and then this batch will move on. Okay, well, in that case, I think I'll bank it. What I really want to do is uh, get some sort of a computer access again because I want to try to find information on the caretaker. Um, I, that is certainly a useful, like a, a use for the um, the extra momentum if you wanted to use it that way. Yeah, I want to. I mean, not like when I'm with her, of course. Yeah. But uh, but I do want to go because so far I've found like a caretaker firewall blocking me, right? Yeah. I want to see if there's anything in the system about caretakers. The caretaker. Okay. Um, I will allow you to explore that possibility if you spend that momentum on creating an opportunity. Mm. Uh, yeah, sure. So that would be like, get a moment alone or something, have something pull her away. Um, I would actually give you better uh, based on the dynamics of the conversation and um, her conflict and confusion over things that she doesn't seem equipped to process. There's sort of a vulnerability moment there where you could actually get her to help you get access to the computer. Um, so you express curiosity about the caretaker. Yeah, um, mentioned that I've heard the servitors talk about um, it. And uh, that your own access to the computer system is fairly limited, uh, in which case she would volunteer to um, give you access, like to use her access to gain more information about the caretaker if you would. Oh, yes. Um, and she refers to it as a, a very important entity um, who manages the entire uh, Ascension Protocol. Um, and, and she just sort of takes it as an, um, that you understand what that means somehow, uh, even though you don't have any context for it. Um, but have she's certainly... It? Um, it isn't a, a meat sort of situation. Um, but come with me. And she uh, takes you uh, into her um, study and uh, fires up the computer, and it like it's fancier than the ones you guys have on the USS Security. Holographic displays and that kind of stuff. Like so, screens start popping up. Um, wow. Think sort of uh, next generation level technology compared to the, the original series. Dang, cool. Um, and she you know, says, "What do you what do you want to know?" I want to know. what they are what the I guess ascension why hmm. I mean, just you can we can sort of the details and how it works in gameplay later but if you're giving yeah. what your intention is um I'm trying to find out, like, 
how they picked targets. Why did they grab us? But I want to... I don't want to word it in a way that makes it clear that I'm no longer brainwashed. Sure. Um, so where do new um, uh, new prospects come from? Yeah. Would be a way to phrase it. Um, and she doesn't... Like, when you ask her that, like, you know, I've never really thought about it before. It's just, it's always, for as long as I can remember, every now and then there's um, an alert sound and new prospects arrive in the processing facility. Um, but let's see what we can dig up. Um, and she starts, because you've made her curious, um, she starts digging around and uh, pulls up some uh, files. Give me a... Um, there's a few different ways to slice this, but let's call this a reason security or reason science, depending on what angle you want to approach it from. Uh, but feel free to pitch me something else. I'll go with reason science. Sure. And I have a new talent. It's mm -hmm. called testing out a theory. Okay. That if I have succeeded on a role related to this in the at some point in the adventure, I get another d20. Sure. Um, and I and would I definitely just say that this I, applies. Yeah, and I had succeeded already. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you following at home, um, I, in the interim, I have given everyone a, uh, um, a spotlight advancement um, to uh, adjust their characters, so that's where some of these new talents have come from. How does the infiltration focus apply? Because they're basically trying to break into their system. But you're not trying to be surreptitious about it. She's basically giving you access. I guess so, so, yeah. Collecting data from a bunch of different places and making some inferences from that. My reason science, two successes. Only did one. Um, so you have an extra you can bank or spend. Uh, I will tell you that based on what you're seeing, the caretaker um, has, for lack of a better word, and don't read anything into it, has tendrils into most aspects of this society, either directly or indirectly. Um, it's the one that... Um, does the uh, matching of um, opponents in the arena. It's the one that sets the trials at the various other levels. It's the one that works out the rankings. Because uh, it's not necessarily a success or failure based on your win or loss. It's how you perform during, and there's some complicated analysis that gets done in there. Um, but it's also into um, um, power management and uh, food production. So it's sort of... Um, there's references to the caretaker in many different levels of the society in, the, in an infrastructure sort of way, um, which I would say very easily leads you to conclusion that this must be um, either a very complicated automation system or possibly a true AI. Some sort of super intelligence. Putting it on the curie. <laughs> not, necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily a super intelligence, um, but it could be like... Um, an expert system level. Yeah, something capable of handling everything. At, a, at an infrastructure level, yes. It's not able to do the nitty-gritty actually moving things around, um, but it's the one that develops plans, gets the results back, formulates new plans. So it doesn't have like a physical component as far as you can tell based on the data that you're collecting in your little research session with the Queen. It just seems to be a presence. It's definitely a presence, and it's also monitoring and collecting data from numerous sources, some of which aren't even actually clear to you how it gets this data. Um, so that's what you get for your success. Um, you may obtain information if you wish. 
I was trying to find like how it found tributes. Tributes? What are we? Combatants. Um, Initiates. Yeah, prospects. That's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lost the thread because. Can you um, ask me a question again? Uh, how is it finding its prospects? Um, you don't. Uh, in your digging with the queen, you find no information on where the prospects come from. Um, as far as anyone in the records that you're perusing, which cover quite a span of time, there's no references that you can find anywhere to where they come from, how these prospects are selected. They just show up and are dumped into the machine. And the machine produces um, um, superior specimens is sort of the goal of the whole infrastructure is to produce uh, um, superior specimens, which are then, which then ascend and get incorporated somehow into the queens in some way. Um, And then a new generation of queens arrive. So this happens in cycles. Um, So your queen while you're doing all this research, she's processing this information as well. Just where, where do they come from? We're very where, where varied. Yeah. There are people here that are nothing like each other. And and we've had we've had entire generations of of candidates that not a single one managed the trials successfully. We, we treat everyone that comes through the processing facility as, as a potential to elevate us, but but there's been like some that have arrived that have obviously not been sufficient to why even make them attempt it? Where do they come from? Ferengi. I don't understand him. I never thought about it before. Why didn't I think about it before? Brains up. It's easy to overlook something that is normal. As long as I've been alive, I, I've just known that it happens. How long have you been alive? I have been alive for 127 turns of the sun. Um, based on your information, it's it's about um, 1.1 days here to a, an Earth solar day. So not too far off of Earth's rotation. Yeah, almost equivalent. But there are like there are no other settlements on the planet. We have records of ruins, and there's no other. Where do they come from? Has anyone been to the ruins? Yes, my sisters and I have, from time to time, um, done explorations and investigations. Sometimes a caretaker will um, send us out um, to um, to investigate and. Archaeological studies and things like that. 
Um, sometimes it appears to be looking for something, and then when it finds it, it's happy, and then we continue on. I, d I think I will not need you for the rest of the night. Very well. Yes, I do. I want to leave her baffled and curious. Mm. Um, and when you leave, she's just kind of sitting at her desk, holding her head, and she's like flipping through files, throwing up more and more windows as you um, quietly exit her chambers. Congratulations, you've started a queen towards awakening. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything you wish to do that, or should we move on to... We're almost at break time. It might be a good spot to wrap up for a moment. Unless there's something you want to fit in. And it for me mostly, I just want to find a way back and relay that to everyone else. Um, I'm back in the trials. Do I live in the barracks now? Well, that hasn't, like the paperwork has been filed. Oh, she hasn't officially yet. come back in yet. Okay. That's right. Yeah, you would end up back uh, in the barracks. Um, at least until the combat trials are over and then you'll move on to one of the other trials. So yeah, he's gonna have to find um, uh, Nurchad and uh, Captain Chichilor. Um They'll be winding down, you know, a little sore and bruised from the day's combats and stuff. But your plan to manipulate things to arrange for you two to be in the final confrontation for the trial. And then a new challenge um, approaches. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, dude. Uh... I, will, I will give you guys, both of you, this sort of a group task. Um, that you're trying to manipulate things, so either control or daring, and fitness uh, and security, or um, yeah, control or daring and security. I think to do that. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Unless you want to pitch me something else. You said security. I mean, if it's socially manipulative, you know, at the pool, I'd recommend. Yeah, right? this is more. This is more physical prowess, but also strategizing and planning. That's totally fine. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it works for me daring security. Okay. You said control could also work? Control security as well, yeah. Um, I would even allow insight security if you wanted to like be Listen, more the, 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 the captain and I, sure. we, we yeah. are daring. We, <laughs> not insightful people. We know what we do. <laughs> Brandishing your genitalia left, right, and center. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> If you're wondering what that means, join us on Discord. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just so you know, Craig, I did include yeah. my focus because of team dynamics. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the way it should oh, be. And, and that could manifest like you're talking up the guy that you want to win and mm. saying something to just sort of take the wind out of the sails of the guy. Oh, you want yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of aspects to that. There's a lot of different ways to slice it up, but this is sort of an overall success of how you're manipulating. Well, especially Excellent. because, I mean, let, let's be honest, half of the majority of these and these people are our crew that are fighting. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, I know who wins this yeah. this fight. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Gotta be. Yeah, that toad right. kind of makes your ass look fat there, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> right as they're headed out, yeah, exactly. just get into their head. And it's like, dude, what? Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> This is a group roll, right? So we pool momentum, or there's a momentum transfer over to the next subsequent roll? Um, a pool. Okay, gotcha. Cool. Uh, I'm looking for how successful you guys are. Um, so this isn't a, a, you know, you definitely want to get a one, but the more you do, the better you guys are at it. Okay. Um, I, I don't know why, why daring and security didn't come up there. But anyway, that's the correct roll. Attribute. 
Yeah, that's weird. Um, still got the right numbers. Right. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah, still the right numbers. Yep. Yeah. So with the superf- um, uh, um, with the extra three successes, yeah, you guys are definitely like you are. You know, Captain uh, Truchelor is the conductor, and uh, Nerjad is uh, the lead violinist. Right, first chair. You guys have got this orchestra humming to your tune. More of a trumpet um, guy, but sure. <laughs> I'm thinking more of the hierarchy of the orchestra. Um, I know it do be. And it's going very well. That your plan to manipulate the outcome is is uh, definitely proceeding very nicely. Excellent. Um, and we'll keep those three in sort of a bank towards that effect later. Sure. Wonderful. Um, now, if there's anything else anyone wants to fit in right before we wrap up for the break. Um, speak up now otherwise i think we'll take our break here um where's my script ah script uh i don't do this on a regular basis so uh thank you everyone for joining us um thanks for welcoming your patrons join us on discord at eating2.space i'm too early for this okay so for twitch guys we'll be back in five ten minutes or so um for uh, youtube guys we'll see you in about two seconds so that's right see you everybody welcome back everybody um I think that's it, right? Yep. Just jump right back into it. Let <laughs> me jump right back into it. And uh, so let's um, we just have a like a, a early evening meeting in the Gladiators barracks um, uh, where uh, Lieutenant Coleman, uh, Nurjad Kitnell, and um, um, Captain Chuchor compare notes on what they have found. And while that's going on, the camera does a fade cut over to the medical area. I do want to add in a um, real quick thing here, and it's mostly for Fluff, but Nurjad and the captain probably communicate via proxy and are not mm-hmm. ever seen like sell the rivalry, baby. Yeah, exactly. Get that kayfabe up. The kayfabe. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's like, know. no, no. Hate each other's guts. It. Yeah, after mm-hmm. after that one time, Kit Neal got knocked see down. him in the ring, brother. That's right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> when, you, when you have the overseer of the arena in your pocket, Mm-hmm. It's not a problem for you guys to arrange to have a meeting with the three of you. Um, so if there's some if there's some specific discussions or a scene you guys want to have with the three of you there, um, I don't know if some revelations have a particular impact that um, Ash wants to deliver, or we can cut to the oh, no. medical. Yeah, area. no, no, go to the medical. One. I was yeah. just adding flavor. Sure. Um, so it's been another long day um, in a. It's a monotonous job in certain ex- in certain respects but it's also kind of comfortable. Um, you relate, like, um, as somebody who sometimes has difficulty processing emotions and interpersonal relations and stuff like that, and it's sort of something you've been working on, this is definitely not stretching for you to be right. working with these folks. Um, uh, they are friendly and polite, but they're not um, overly dramatic is one way to look at it, I guess. Like. There's a lot of tension. In fact, uh, in the time that you've been working with them, like they're they're very in tune with one another, uh, almost to the point where they're finishing sentences, or somebody will just start a sentence and the other one will just know what they mean and mm. carry on, and the communication sort of becomes superfluous at that point. Um, we're talking, of course, about uh, for the folks at home. Uh, this is uh, Servitor Two Five One and Servitor Two Six Four, a male and um, uh, um, apparently female and male androids um, that don't exist within the social strata of the queens, but still serve them in some capacity that we haven't really defined. Um, and as you guys are sort of finishing up for the day, you know, the excitements of the uh, boats in the arena uh, have gone down. Um, 
Conservative 264, uh, the man one sort of comes over to you and says, um, What a thank you. It's been a, um, you're not like the others that come through here. You're, for one, you're highly intelligent, um, and you have an understanding of the work we do far beyond most of the folks who have come through here. And it, it's been gratifying to work with you. Um, and then uh, Servitor 251 sort of comes up behind and say, yes, it's, it's, uh, we often feel like outsiders. People react to us differently, but you seem to just accept us. And it's, it's been nice. Um, and Servitor 264 um, carries on. Like, for so long, it, it's, I feel like we haven't like been understood. You know, like people look at us and, and I feel like they're trying to put us into boxes and we just don't fit. But you don't, you don't do that. And it's, it's been nice. Um, may I inquire one, one thing? You, you may ask us anything. Our... Is this the beginning of a romantic proposition? <laughs> they, they look at each other and then look back at you and just for the lack of, like the complete lack of comprehension on their face. Okay. You can, you can infer that it's not. It has been my understanding that a deluge of compliments is often the proceedings of romantic interest. Uh, Super 251 um, says, that, that was certainly not our intent. Okay, We good. just merely wish to acknowledge qualities about you that we appreciate. Thank you. Um, that we are unfamiliar with. I see. I just strive to be the best version of myself possible. Um, and they both look at each other and smile and they turn back to you and we're smiling because that's what all this is for. See. And yet I have been drummed out, so to speak. I, I, I wouldn't raise it in those terms. The queens need to be many things at once. As a crawler to that is they can't be specialists. But that doesn't mean that specialists aren't valued and important. Mm. You may not be, you may not have been selected as a candidate for ascension, but that doesn't mean that you don't have value to the queens or to society. It, it is not a failure to not ascend. Mm. Um, and Servitor 251 sort of earnestly you do understand that it isn't it isn't a failure at all it, it's important for any society to have specialists who are good at some things but not good at everything 
I sometimes I think people lose sight of that. And if I am to be a specialist and better serve the queens, being the best version of myself, I believe you're implying that there is much more to be done than resides within these walls of this clinic. They sort of look at each other and look back at you um, and sort of two six forces. Yes, actually. You're the first candidate that we've encountered with your exacting approach, your attention to detail, um, your sharp and incisive mind. We were talking about the possibility of expanding your duties, if you're willing. Vote to serve. Um, Surdu251 sort of looks mildly unhappy with that statement. We know that that's the... We all exist to serve the Queens in some capacity, but we were we were hoping that this would be something that you would want to do. I see. There are certain duties that require skill, but there are certain other duties that require interest and a desire for the best outcome for the subjects. I see. My apologies. Um, I have had to learn to temper the way I speak in my life. Uh, not everyone appreciates the bluntness and specificity that my words often carry. And my goals of bettering myself are seen to others as conceited and overly ambitious sometimes. The experiences that you speak of are not unknown to us as well. I will strive in our dealings at least to be more forthright. And Super 264 says, and, and just to be clear, that wasn't an admonishment in your part. More a wish on our behalf. Um, the, the nature of the duties that we had in mind for you. Um, and uncharacteristically, he sort of looks around. There would all this is about. They're the foundation of everything that we do here. And if you don't want to be a part of that, that would be fine. And there's no pressure on oh, you to I accept. Very much do. Um, and they look at each other again, and you have the feeling that words are passing between them without 
being spoken. Um, and then um, Servitor251 says, I'll finish up here. And Servitor264 Steven says, why don't you and I take a little walk? Um, and uh, you guys leave the, the science facility um, and uh, head to the monorail. And it's a fairly short trip um, around the monorail. Uh, and you get off at a like a station that isn't normally used. Like you never see people coming to this destination that uh, monorail usually just zips right past it. But for some reason, through no interaction on, that you saw, the train just comes to a stop here and the door is open and you guys get out. Um, and you come to um, just looks like a plain old door and uh, Server 264 just um, extends a hand and places it on the wall. And you don't see any, like there's no scan or there's no mechanism or anything, but the wall just sort of opens up and you're looking at a small, what looks like a lift. Could be a lift on the Curie. Mm. And uh, offers you to step inside. Um, and you do. There's no, the lifts on the uh, Curie are um, um, inertial dampen. But you still feel a little bit of a jolt of movement. You don't feel anything. Um, the doors close and a couple of seconds later they open up again and you're looking at a completely different setting interesting uh, this is a very high tech just looking around you see um, balls of holographic displays um, most of which you don't have a context to judge what the data is that they're presenting um, and server 264 just walks right past without even glancing at them uh, but this is like, um, I don't know, there might be a battle for you to appear nonchalant, but this is also like, this is a candy store kind of, there's so much going on around you. And there's so much that, if, that like, this looks like a medical instrument of some kind that looks like it might even be a gene splicer. And you're just walking past this stuff that looks so far beyond anything you've ever touched before. And he's not even interested in it. So how, how would Dr. Hudson react in that sort of situation? Are you focused on appearing nonchalant or? Absolutely not. Okay. But it, he's also like not an exuberant person, right? So he just very plainly is like, this is entirely a different technological level than is on display in the city, is it not? Yes. I see. Uh, this is preserved. Some of it's preserved. Some of it's rebuilt. Some of it has been maintained from the ancient ones. Fascinating. Um, and Sir 264 is 100% amenable to answer any questions you have as you guys are moving through. Like, if you're like, what is that? And what does that do? And he's totally prepared to spend the next hour just moving through this room, answering sure. all of your questions. Very much so. Um, so I mean, this is he basically promised that he would be more open and his curiosity mm -hmm. is a very genuine and B mm -hmm. might also be critical to the mission right um, and I will give you a role here to see what am I looking for like insight science I think insight science um, but if you're interested in in Servitor 264, mm. if you want to get, if, like, if there would be an insight security aspect 
depending on how the information you gain is going to depend on how you slice it. Sure. Um, I think he's. So, yeah, insight security to get about Surface 264 or about the equipment would be like insight science. I think the equipment is going to. I think okay. trying to understand the, uh, an Android is a, a bit beyond him at this current juncture. successes excellent um so one success is uh, plenty um you have one that you can bank or spend I'll, before you decide i will tell you um that a lot of this uh, equipment has um, a lot to do with biology mm -hmm. um, and various aspects of it um, manipulating biology understanding biology treating biology right um some of it even creating biology um so um, they actually spends a fair bit of time talking about um, a gene splicer that they don't um, they that they, they don't take sections of DNA from other species and incorporate them. They use those traits and manipulate the queen's DNA to manifest those traits, Ooh. which, to Doctor Hudson's um, scientific mind is an understanding of the queen's genome that far exceeds what Starfleet is capable of. Right. Like you understand that certain genes do certain things and expressing certain genes produces certain results, but they're talking about creating brand new traits right. by manipulating the genome directly as if it's not a big deal. This is... incredibly fascinating technology. Um, and Server 264 seems pleased. I thought you might find it interesting. I, I had hazard I had hazarded a guess that the ascended ones would factor into mm, the continuity of the queens. But this is... Well, if not beyond my wildest dreams, then certainly uh, a, a stretch of a hypothesis uh, were I to come up with a process of my own to do this. Um, he gives you a sort of a Mona Lisa smile, like... And you get a message, like you get the feeling that you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh boy. He says, <laughs> let me show you the gestation chamber. Um, and you leave this area behind and you oh, enter into this other room, which is a, there's a series of large cylinders, um, about two dozen of them, 12 on each side of the room. Um, and there's, um, before you get to them, there's a sort of a, almost a foyer kind of area where there's a bunch of other equipment um, that just from a quick glance is very detail oriented. It's meant to be working on things at a very small scale. Um, and he says, this is where you produce each generation of queen. There are 24 
produced each time and they become the next generation and that is where their continuity comes from and the the baseline um he smiles as, as a parent might smile at a very clever statement from a child not in a demeaning sort of way right. but he's very proud of you that you made that leap there are many questions you could have asked and you just asked one of the good ones yes um and he says come with me um and he leads you to the far end of that chamber and this the other doors that you've been walking through don't really appear like doors it's just sort of a, an opening kind of appears in a wall this is a door mm. this is armored this is protected mm. this looks like a vault To keep someone out? To defend what is in. Okay. Um, and um, Surge 264 goes through several steps, um, different layers are unlocked, and you can interpret those as there's different security mechanisms. Mm -hmm. um, um, can I try and sort of diagnose what some of these... The, the mechanisms by which some of these things are happening. Sure. Um, I got a reason science. Like bio biological scan from the servitor. You, mm. know. Um, you said reason science? Yep. Reason science would work. Cool. Uh, composure. You are kind of overwhelmed with everything going on. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll go for that. And, sure. and also, like, I'm doing some spy shit here at this point. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say composure focus absolutely works. Um, how many momentum is it to buy a d20? Uh, uh, one for your first, first one, 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 two for your yeah, second. I would like you still have one bank, by the way. Okay. I never asked you if you wanted to obtain information. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just go ahead and use that then. Three successes. Okay, so three successes. Uh, you only need the one, so I'll give you the, the information you have. Um, there's about a half a dozen different security mechanisms. Only about four of them are uh, um, are visibly presented during the unlocking sequence. Sure. So there could be some kind of a wireless signal or something that you're not aware of that isn't um, open and visible to you. But there's about six steps to getting um, the vault open um, that he goes through in a specific sequence. Okay. Okay. Um, you have. And this was this was less about this specific door and more like the process they use for yeah, the, yeah. the layers of security yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. um uh, there's definitely um an ocular scan was okay. one of the pieces um which and he's an android you're not sure what an ocular scan would look like right for an android so it's not like a retina scan or something there must be something else in there um there was um, um a handprint scan but that could just be surface details or maybe it's reading yeah. something inside the hand yeah um so there's a few different the rf sort of there. thing yeah um there's uh, some uh, a code that was entered um into a computer panel that popped up um that was quite quite long like yeah. he was using fingers uh, typing almost faster than you can see for several seconds um and then there was a, ver um, a verbal component um that had to be stated as well uh, and there was some pauses in there that indicated there were a couple other steps that you weren't able to track. 
um, that took place as well. Uh, and you have two extra momentum if you wanted to obtain information, and I believe you have the ability, because you spent momentum on a die, you get a free obtain information. So you can have up to three questions um, to ask. I think that's just... I know this. What's that? I've forgotten. I, I don't okay. know. It's fine. Um, so you can bank those two, or you can obtain information. Yeah, let me uh, bank one, and let me ask the question of what is something important that hasn't been directly pointed out to me? Hey, so the thing that's important that has not been directly pointed out to you is that there are sensors in this room. Several of them. Um, presumably somebody or something is observing what's happening. And they are probably part of the unlocking process. I see. Um, and if that's the case, then this someone or something would also be aware of your presence. Okay. 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 So with the unlock sequence done, um, this heavy metal door um, clunks with like power, <laughs> and then sinks slowly into the door or into the floor. Oh wow. Um, and there is a, just a mass of walls, definitely shielding, um, but the chamber beyond is relatively thin. To get, like, just, um, I don't want to get in specific, but it's like there's a 20 foot steel wall guarding a five foot wide passage. Interesting. Okay. Um, and inside there is um, a small cylinder sort of hovering in the air. Uh, filled with liquid. Um, and Servitor 264, with a certain amount of reverence, says this is what it's all about. And starts to walk into the chamber. Follow. Um, so you odd. Sure. Um, and apparently it seems to be that's what uh, Servitor 264 wanted you to do. So you walk into this small chamber. There's definitely a, a, an energy field. You feel it as you're passing through, it's similar to um, a biofield you would use in a surgery. Sure. Uh, for example, to isolate and secure and sanitize right. a patient. Um, and you can sort of feel it around you as you're in this room. So that it, it's as if there's no contaminants that are able to come off of you to invade this space. Oh, okay. You've got sort of a personal bubble around you that's isolating okay. you from this environment or isolating this environment from you. Mm -hmm. um, and the servitor says, this is the only surviving sample from the ancients. This is the baseline. We, we never use it, of course. Of course. We, re we, we replicate it. Of... But it's important to have that baseline to track changes. Each generation is... is generated from the baseline? Generated from replicated samples of. Okay. But not produced in sequence from the previous generation. No. No genetic drift, other than what sometimes, is intended. Uh, sometimes it, uh, 
the plan sometimes um, involves reintegration. Sure. Um, Particularly viable. If, if there's a particularly successful queen, for example, right. um, then they may be selected for reintegration. I see. In which case, we treat her samples as if they were another subject. Hmm. But this is all we have of the ancients. This whole planet was once theirs. Do we know what happened? The caretaker is reluctant to speak about them. The caretaker only says that they ascended. And the caretaker is the one watching in the room up. Again, the sort of pride. Yes. The what caretaker has sensory. The caretaker. the caretaker is the one who manages this entire system. The infrastructure, the plan, the selection of traits, the trials themselves. The caretaker manages it all. What manner of being are they be able to do such? I'm trying to decide how he would put it. We have some theories, but we've never met the caretaker personally. Whoa. The caretaker speaks through messages um, and instructions that arrive on computer panels. But as far as Surgery 261, and I know, no one has ever spoken to the, creator, to the caretaker directly. They are the mind behind everything that we do. Then I believe, my friend, you have just settled upon me a goal. Meet the caretaker. I admit I have, from time to time, felt such desires myself to to meet the individual who so loves the queens that they built all of this. To help them ascend once again. But there's duties to perform and tasks to do and... Of course. And so I console myself with enough that their love for the queens is what drives all of this. But I do share your curiosity. My sister and I are 
very curious by nature. Maybe one day we will meet the caretaker. Got to be. Perhaps. Perhaps one day soon. There's so many things I would like to say. Yeah, like out of character. <laughs> Very clear. Yeah, like put me back on my goddamn ship, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I totally get that from Dr. Hudson's point of view, but uh, Server 264 is like speaking reverently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's this nameless, faceless, thankless individual who so loves these queens. Yeah, all that lost on Dr. Hudson a bit. This is yeah. the part that actually is hard for him to like get through, right? Where he's like, hmm, yeah, mm. okay, sure. <laughs> um, so with the approval of the caretaker we would like to see you help birth the next generation of queens your insight and the ability to make inferences seems on a par or even beyond those of my sister and I We would really appreciate your help. Cool. Uh, and turns and motions to leave the chamber where the sample is located. Sure. Um, and as you guys are leaving, the chamber seems to seal itself back up. Mm-hmm. There's no security engaged in, right. in relocking everything. It just seems to happen on its own. And he takes you back out into the gestation chamber. The trials will be over in a couple of weeks. And then the work down here will begin again. I see. You don't have to decide right away if you want to take some time and think about it. You have at least a couple of weeks until that work begins. Very well. Um... Unless there's something else you want to fit in, that's probably a good spot to end that scene. Uh, how, and this can maybe be a Chris to Craig thing. How yeah. how implied is it that this should remain like top fucking secret? Um, you know that the servitors are not secretive by nature. They have right. been very open and honest with any questions that you ask them. Right. Um, from a scientific point of view, they're probably programmed to be educators as well as okay scientists and caregivers um but you know from your experience that none of this is known beyond the servitor um but having said that they don't give you specific instructions on that and this is just drew's inference i mean everybody's brainwashed and mind wiped so what's it matter Right. Um, um, then do I have a good enough sort of idea of how these sort of I'm going to call them caretaker cams um, 
function that I could, in other situations, have an eye for them or something like that? Uh, given the successes you had, I would say yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, you would uh, be able to, not necessarily freely, but you'd be definitely right. be able to be aware of them. Right. Um, and thinking back, there's sensors of similar types and styles pretty much everywhere in the city. Right. Um, but we can remember I can maybe find a secret place. You can think of two or three locations in the city so far, mostly in the towards the unoccupied regions right. okay. that are not so surveilled. Uh, but getting to those locations would be impossible without a sensor being tripped. Right. Um, but given what you've learned today and what you've inferred, um, there is a, a, a metric buttload of data that this thing is processing, in addition to all the other duties that it is currently engaged right. in. So it's yeah. possible it, it, either it's really advanced and is still able to process all that, or there's sections of this data that it doesn't analyze directly. Right. But still has access to if it wants to go back in time, so to speak. Right. Okay. I think that's more the, the vibe that Dr. Hudson will fall onto is like, we're going to hope this thing is just shotgunning data and only pulling what it cares about because there's, if it's real time analyzing everything that's happening in this entire city, we're fucked. <laughs> There's a lot of conversations that yeah. thinking back of yeah, taking exactly. place within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then I'm I'm all good there. Okay, um, do you want to have a conversation with the rest of your crew about this and come up with a plan moving forward? Just collectively, what do you guys? How do you want to proceed from this point? It's easy enough to over the next couple of days to socialize this information amongst right. you. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, he definitely just keep it to himself. Mm -hmm. it's like um, mission critical information regardless of whether or not you know they can share it secretly right mm -hmm. um and it's also definitely possible uh i don't think we've specifically talked about the rest of them uh, but you had a couple of your senior crew already freed from the right the mine shackles it would be easy enough to get the rest of your senior crew mm -hmm. um surreptitiously get them out of their situation and brief right. them on what's going on if you wanted to do that because yeah, I, I know we, we definitely had generally mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who's it we had we had uh shavor and uh, Levine. Levine. yeah and jiffis and jiffis and and yeoman narkek and yeoman narkek um so nurse Larak is still um enthralled and science officer matan lieutenant matan is still enthralled as well but if you wanted to get those guys out you could Oh, definitely. When we, when we have a chance and stuff like that. Yeah. If we have the opportunity, absolutely. Easy enough to, we'll just narratively flip that yeah, yeah. bit. And yep. Sounds good. They're now That's continuing good. to go about their duties as best they can while being aware of the situation you guys are currently in. Yeah, wonderful. Okay. But yeah, like, the, I don't know about the whole group, including senior staff, but like, if the four of us can be together in one scene and yep. just... Essentially, Dr. Hudson info dumps a bit, and this, with your... Now, and just item. for my context, this is in one of those unobserved areas? Sure. Mm -hmm. You would want to... You mean the subterranean spots, or the different ones? No, the, the non-observed... Non the no, the less populated areas without the cameras. Right, yeah, the, the ones that Dr. Hudson confirmed. Mm -hmm. 
Um, honestly, no. Okay. Because it just it's that seems more suspicious, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That seems right. like something that will make active. So before the scene, because it's um, neutral, relatively neutral territory, while we have this happen in the like the medical science area. Yeah, sure. Excuse that. So um, you guys convene a couple days later in that location. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's a quiet time. There's no other patients in there. Um, the two servitors are there, but they're busy doing stuff off in another corner of the of the lab. So it's easy enough for you guys to get some quiet time uh, to have a chat. Yeah, it's it's presented to the group, but it's very much like I this is the best thing I could be doing to mm-hmm. further our goals here. And sure. it's more like sort of just not I mean asking permission or but essentially just like asking the captain to tell him that yeah that's absolutely what you should be doing <laughs> um, the, the captain would also say let us remember that we also retain our Starfleet responsibilities though this indeed is one of the best uses of your time right? especially because it's matches what we need to do to escape or understand the situation. This is, in effect, a ship-wide away mission, and we should treat it that way. Good context. Um, can I, just for uh, setting, are any of your other senior staff present for this meeting, or is it just you guys? Well, if there's any technological stuff, the captain would suggest that Jif is his present, despite his absolute trust in Dr. Hudson to make sense of it just because if there are possible insights that Jiffus can gleam about the use of that technology to free people or put us in an advantageous position, the captain would consider it to be a strategic value. Sure. Um, And I'm not trying to push you one way or the other. I'm just asking if they are present and I'll provide inputs for them. Yeah, he he would leave it up to Dr. Hudson because he didn't see any of it. I think Jiffus is good. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much... Yeah, I don't know if I'd bring the others have to add. Mm -hmm. Because also we're trying not to be... Right. Suspicious. Yeah. Obvious, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just there is the precedent of Chichalor, Irolor, because he doesn't have his rank, um, requesting that Jiffus attend him at times mm-hmm. to aid him yeah, yeah. with his, you know, kit. Yeah, I think stuff. I think Jiffus being here makes sense. Right. All right. Cool. Okay. Yeah. No problem. So it's you guys and uh, Engineer Jiffus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Jiffus would say, "So I understand our situation, but what are our goals here?" Are we just concerned about getting back to the ship with our crew? Uh, actually, or is it there more that we want to accomplish here? How much has uh, Brilla given us about the queens? I, I would have told you all. That's Basically, everything I found out um, that we have. This queen, at least, has become begun questioning. Something weird. Yeah. Uh, in that so, case, like, I'm not really willing to write them off as a people. Yeah, because Kidneal, uh, hearing that Kidneal's shift from save the crew becomes uh, save the everybody here, because clearly, call him a caretaker, call it a caretaker all you want. There's a lot of people here who do not seem entirely. Uh, 
self self-assertive and and being able to make their own decisions about stuff they're you know literally have a ton of people who are mind wiped um, and the queens are priority here creations mm-hmm. they're not even mind controlled they were made by this thing mm-hmm. um, and just to flavor that a little bit more uh, Kevin, uh, Commander Kitney had done some investigations that this society is for all intents and purposes, stagnant. Mm-hmm. In the last hundred years, there has been virtually no change to the society at all. No growth. Um, it's like it's frozen in time from a development point of view. So while there may be new generations coming, they're all just basically walking the same paths everyone else is. Same walking. culture, same science, same... Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Chichel, or, uh chimes in when when Kitneal suggests that and says, I agree that we wouldn't want to leave anyone in a state of non-consensual participation in the elevation of these people, whatever is happening, whatever the caretaker's goals are. I will assert that our chief responsibility in an away mission is to attend to the safety of our crew, not that anyone's forgetting that, so we need to make sure that everything we do prioritizes that first. If we are able to accomplish the secondary objectives of getting useful information for Starfleet and liberating trapped peoples, I'm all in favor. However, I will not sacrifice one single member of our crew for the sake of the other objectives. Oops. If I were to help enumerate our objectives, I believe 1A, return the crew of the Curie back to the ship. 1B, take advantage of the centuries of technological progress that we could gain from this society to say nothing of what I saw below above aside wherever I was not to put too fine a point on it says Kevani Jeffers um, but we have yet to establish that the curry is still there yeah I will I was... not believe <laughs> um, we have lost the thought... ship I thought like genuinely had not occurred to. Oh yeah. I was unable to find it. It is caretaker only information. And Jeff is like looks like understanding that we all very much strongly want the Curie to still be around. It is entirely possible that we may be marooned here. Listen. Till I see a corpse, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Listen. I'm only suggesting that a well-known captain was once marooned on Seti Alpha. (laughs) And the only thing that got him off was the solemn faith that he could, that he would return to his ship. I am not rebuking you here, Chief Engineer. Just let me remind you that in such a situation, one of the most profoundly useful qualities is hope. And you will not take away my hope that all of us will get back to the Curie safe and sound. 
And then, and then, and with a, with a little infused yeah, yeah. Um, kindness, he says, "Am I understood?" <laughs> yes, Captain. I really meant to propose another objective would be to establish the location and state of the USS Curie. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, which I, I did want to backtrack out of character because <laughs> when Ash, you were looking stuff up, that was checking to see what's uh, in orbit. I'm trying to remember what. I was trying to find our ship specifically. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Any information on the Curie, and that was blocked. Gotcha. Yeah, because Kidneal's next thing is then if we couldn't find the Curie, let's find us and get star mm-hmm. charts to figure out where the hell we are, what quadrant we're in, what, you know, how far away are we from our last known coordinates. Excellent idea. Um, Commander Jiffis, I do have uh, an additional question for you, considering what you just said. And it concerns, forgive me, considering my limited understanding of it, it concerns the novel technologies you and others were so impressively able to create during the course of our last challenges. Do you think it might be possible to take advantage of some of those insights to create a makeshift subspace communication system that could uh, send a clandestine, no, a surreptitious distress call. It's nature. It's hard to do surreptitious and distress call at the same time. <laughs> I mean, is it, is it broadcast secret across call all help, frequencies? Right? <laughs> Quietly. Snap! <laughs> I have it a V for Vendetta moment. Who are you? I'm wearing a mask. Why are you asking? Does it seem like I'm willing to tell you? <laughs> That's right. Um. So, Jivis considers for about a half a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, you really thought about and this? Then says, uh, and then says, and then so yeah, this is deep thinking for Jivis. Um. Yes and no. It is certainly possible to build a subspace communications device of some kind. It may even be possible to make it small and portable. The city runs on a plasma power conduit distribution system. Um, but making it undetectable would be another matter entirely. Mm. Um, any civilization capable of managing a, um, a warp power grid of this size would certainly be capable of monitoring subspace transmissions. Do you think you'd be able to piggyback it, as it were? It's not clear that there are... It's not clear that there are subspace transmissions happening, um, but I could investigate that, uh, build a detector, and see what's happening on the subspace side of things. Please do, as long as it doesn't endanger you in the process. Um, as a corollary to that, it's also possible that I could build something that would um, appear to be background noise, but would, for example, be detected by another starship's navigation array mm. rather than their actual communication system. It would require that the navigator be um, out of the box enough to detect it as a communications rather than just noise, but it is possible that I might be able to disguise it that way. 
of course. You'll yes, figure it please. out. Might I suggest dot 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 dash dash dash. <laughs> it would have to be very basic communications in order to be able to mask it as background noise. And the navigator would have to be aware enough to realize that there was a pattern in the noise. Well, so I can't, simple. Mm, so, so that's not a, a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I can, to summarize, there's two possible paths. I can build one that is very capable of making communications, but would be detected. Or I can build one that would be very difficult to detect, but may not actually establish communications. I think the latter would be the safest option in the present moment. Very well. I will get to work. Thank you. I don't need an actual investigation thing, but was Nerjad able to locate a prison? Oh, uh, yeah, easy enough to. There are, of course, there's a, a wide variety of races with a wide, wide variety of um, instinctive drives and things like that. So there are um, uh, beings that don't incorporate well into the society. Okay. So there is definitely a detention center for those that are unruly enough. Um, it's not like they're, you know, murdered outright. They're still considered valuable members of the society, even if they have, for lack of a better description, behavioral issues. Let loose the thing on boards. Yes, exactly. Not, not quite that far yet, but yeah, uh, yeah. Nerjod puts forward to the captain. It's like, well, we may have some uh, unlikely allies. I haven't had a chance to communicate with them yet, but with your okay, I. They're already willing to risk themselves enough to not conform to society, so they may be amenable to working with us. Um, I'll have to work through and find who are um, in a similar situation to ours, where they are aware, unhappy, but are not necessarily um, uh, a danger to work with. And that would potentially provide us with additional allies depending on how secure they are we may be able to uh utilize their services while maintaining a cover and then uh well they'll be on the list of other people that we need to recover from this planet of course as we've learned even initial foes can be valuable allies considering your Aversion to risk. I trust that this is a worthwhile endeavor to explore. So yes, please, you have my support. I won't risk the crew, but yet yeah, me? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um... Irulor strokes his chin and says, Hmm... Lieutenant Zekulnen, when your queen expressed some curiosity or started to question the society. How easy was it for you to prompt her to do so? Was it on her own accord or did it require a lot of questions for you to pose? It required very little questioning, honestly. Mm -hmm. I just posed a question that she had never thought about 
challenged one of the very just basic tenets of their life. So I think they are inherently Naive. the potential to be curious people. They just haven't been aware that they could question. Ah. Wow. Just for to color that a little bit more, she was also like seemed shocked that the question had never occurred to her before. Yeah. It wasn't a just a I never even thought to ask. It's why didn't why I didn't ask? I think of that? Yeah, yeah. Well, considering what we know about them functioning via a meritocracy and the value of consensus, there are two insights that seem potentially useful here. The first is, if your queen were to obtain a position of increased status she might be able to influence the other queens to our advantage. The second is, perhaps you or myself, if I were to obtain an audience with one of the other queens, I could pose some of these questions in the course of sharing company. And I'm just to circle back, that was sort of your vague intention with the manipulation of the trials. Indeed, yep. To put either one or both of you in the presence of the queen in a mm-hmm. private setting. That's right, exactly. For cultural exchange. Yes. Cultural exchange. Um, <laughs> That's what the kids are calling to... it these days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But if you wanted to take a different swing at that, it might be possible uh, for a lieutenant to call to um, bring you to her queen. It doesn't have to be her queen. I'm just saying mm-hmm. if there's a possibility to talk to other queens, considering they're all working, all all functioning via consensus, it's um, if we want to try and manipulate that consensus to have a destabilizing outcome. Then I think if we can get them to others to also begin to question things that could work in our advantage. Exactly. Get them to question the caretaker. Mm-hmm. Or act just their own purposes. Yes, Dr. Cons- Hudson. My only concern, both for ourselves and for the queens, is I have yet to understand the timing of a new cycle of gestation. Hmm. Is this. It may sound like a more cynical take than we have been having here discussion so far, but if the Queen's naturally becoming more cognizant, aware, curious of what is happening in their society is a negative outcome for the caretaker, perhaps that is what they are. Yeah, I've character didn't hear that last statement. Perhaps that is when they are replaced. Ah, so say okay. the retirement plan for a queen is, uh, yeah. <laughs> Lieutenant, if you want to ask mm. that question. Yeah, we know the Ascended get immortality. Well. That's how it's described, isn't it? Yeah, yes. That is how it is described. I haven't seen any Ascended walking around these cities. Based on well, what you do know that, that your queen is 127 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
um, which based on your information is two or three generations of queens at least. Okay, okay. okay that's what I was wondering. I didn't know um, if like you had these um, queens for a while and then so they've gotten new ones mm-hmm. since yeah. she's been alive. Okay. Yeah, there's been new ones while she's been here. Yep. Um, but there didn't seem to be a predictable pattern to when a new generation was started. Mm. The event that seems to kick off that process is the arrival of new, new subjects, um, candidates, right? Um, which uh, appears to be in, um, unless there's some hidden pattern that you guys can't see based on your data, might be opportunistic. Mm-hmm. Right. Somebody falls into the trap. Time to make new queens. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. This seemed reminiscent of something, and I couldn't exactly put my finger on it until Dr. Hudson's investigations. But doesn't all of this, especially the combat trials, the word ascension, and the generation of these of the queens seem something like survival of the fittest? Pushed to its, its, pushed to its extreme? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which suggests that if this whole process is to produce beings that have the best traits, then perhaps those who ascend are considered exemplars of the traits that will be used to produce the next generations. And that makes me suspicious about the fate of those who ascend. There is reason I sent you up to win, Captain. The traits don't seem to... Puts a hand on your shoulder. (laughs) So they make different queens based off of the baseline each time, right? Yeah. The traits don't seem to be put to further test. Hmm. I mean, the queens have a relatively luxurious, easy existence, do they not? Some administrative duties, but they... I think the question may be, uh, Doctor, if you can get it from your servitors. What is the purpose? I mean, other than continuation of the sample Mm -hmm. of the ancients, what is the purpose of queens? Perhaps they are taken elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the caretaker doesn't know. And you do know from your investigations that the caretaker does not have um, physical manipulation as far as you can tell. Mm-hmm. So the caretaker needs um, ambulatory hands and feet right, right, right. to mm. actually do stuff. Right. All it does is give instructions and text and messages right. and things like that, as far as you know. But, right. Yeah. The- so it's like the society is the machine and the caretaker mm. is the operating system or mm-hmm. something right. equivalent to that. This this seems like something the Romulans would have done generating soldiers for battle I am curious if the changes to the queens are merely um, opportunistic updates to the caretakers tools I am also curious uh, and this is what I was asking of the servitors if uh, we can locate where the ascended go I could also ask my queen mm-hmm. she's 
seems to be willing to talk about that. She doesn't... She both does and doesn't want me to ascend. Hmm. Um, and I will tell you from background that uh, those that have been ascended um, are chosen for ascension. Um, there's records of them living out their normal lifespans. Right? Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah, you just did like amongst that. everyone else, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's right. In, a, in a position of privilege um, yeah. um, and, and, that's right. uh, and ease and that's stuff right. like that. I might um, have misspoken. Cause... And some of them choose to still stay involved in the whole process, um, but they're doing so as honored um, individuals of society. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like um, the Ascended are culled or anything like that. And just um, based on context, the survival of the fittest, while an apt analogy, there is no, like, those that fail aren't killed. Sure. Yeah. They're still treated with respect and and um, the Queens look after them sort of uh, sure. from an aspect. Yeah, but the fittest but, become Ascended. Yeah. yeah. The out fittest of, become Ascended. Out of yeah, character, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I meant that in the context yeah, yeah. of surviving genetic elements, right? right. Which are contributing yeah. to the next generation, which is not a particular insight. Not into social Darwinism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> genetic biology that Trichelor would totally understand. So. Right, right. Okay. Yep. Just want to make sure. Uh, I, I recognize it was an imperfect analogy. Yeah. Oh, this cool. is a complex situation we find ourselves in. Certainly. Oh, those are the most fun. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Do, so, do make is, sure you work on that. Go ahead. Do make sure that you keep extra sets of notes of your particular parts of this adventure. Absolutely. Oh, I have a feeling that Starfleet will have a. Um, New simulation to send crews through after this. <laughs> this. This will be a large report. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Mm. I think uh, we'll. I feel... Go ahead, Ash. I feel we should also take notes on our fellow. Um, keep losing the people in the trial. Initiates. Prospects. Initiates. Prospects. Yeah, prospects. Because there are people here who we have never seen before. We have no records of. It would certainly be a simple matter for Dr. Hudson and his work in the lab to get bioscans of unknown species. For sure. And uh, have those as a catalog. It'll be on the systems here because you guys don't have personal computing devices of your own. Not yet. Um, Not yet. Although I think somebody picked up what was the equivalent of a tricorder. I think you guys, yeah, you guys have one of those. So you can absolutely do that. Yeah, you're not 100% on what the relationship to the handheld device is to the larger network right. in the city. Um, but it appears to be a self-contained apparatus, mm-hmm. so it could be that it would still be secure. Yep. Um, let's see anything oh. else, Captain. I have a bunch well, of... Uh... And then, you know, Captain Chichelor says, I think we can all trust that uh, the Curie and its crew will once again be in Starfleet Dispatch. So yes, uh, uh, Commander Jiffus, uh, you'll be creating a subspace device. Uh, Dr. Hudson, you'll continue with your investigations into the technology and pursue the acquisition of relevant information as long as it doesn't endanger yourself or the mission. Uh, Commander Kitneo, you'll be pursuing the potential malcontents and erstwhile allies. CD underbelly, yes, sir. (laughs) 
and Lieutenant Zakolin. You'll continue in your connection with the Queen and explore other opportunities for us to leverage their, or, or, or um, for us to influence them to our benefit. Wonderful. Well then, uh, if that is all for now, uh, I believe I have an interview before the upcoming match. <laughs> Which immediately Nerjad puts on, you know, like the heel thing, like there's Blade a shove. The yeah. <laughs> and like gets the colon in between the two of them. Yeah. Sure, sure. And he waves somebody on, somebody can come up and like grab it up and he's like, you won't believe that Lowe's he'll stoop to. <laughs> As he then departs to go find all the little yeah. <laughs> the criminal <laughs> element to go hang out with and go find their As leather jackets. Build a stable, baby. Yeah, that's right, exactly. I don't watch um, wrestling, but you better believe I know the culture. You know the tropes. Yep. That's excellent. There we go. Mm-hmm. So going to bring up the right to censor. So was uh, the intent for Villa to take uh, your lord to the queen now or like arrange uh, your meeting before so I had a character to be very precise about what I would like to happen for Trichelor if it's possible um, either um, uh, Trichelor gets to talk to another queen and bend her ear or if that's not a possibility if Lieutenant Zeckelin can get the queen to talk to the other queens and spread on that influence Irelor would of course very much enjoy talking to these fantastic queens and trying to influence them, right? Uh, it's just the goal is to have some social influence happen, in effect, some extended diplomacy, right? By trying yeah. to to change the nature of the conversations they're having, and their and therefore the consensus they have about their own culture. So yeah, I like the idea that uh, I keep sort of working on mine and getting her to question further, and then you can also impress the others because at the the bouts Perfect. the other queens are there right yeah mm-hmm. yeah and see if you can get a meeting with them there are other queens there to, to pay attention yeah. yeah wonderful yeah then great i like that plan um getting to short in front of another queen would be a little difficult but if you just wanted to talk to a queen mm-hmm. And based on your um, the social structure and your past interactions, if you ask the queen to talk to Urlor, there would be why. But based on recent interactions, if you asked to bring Urlor to her as a favor to you kind of thing, that might be a more successful avenue to push if you wanted to try that. If you want to speak to another queen, you would have to... Um, it's, it's certainly possible. It would take some manipulation of events to create a situation where your lord is in front of a queen in another in another manner not impossible but difficult um so which avenue did you guys want to go with that i have an idea you can shut it down if it doesn't work i'm sorry go ahead chris let's say as a non-arena combatant person um i feel like the story of winning a favor in the arena is always the best yeah option there we go yeah there we go so what I'm thinking is, hey, it's challenging to get an audience with another queen, especially if you just ask for it. But if you impress the hell out of another queen and you showboat in front of her, then she might be willing to talk oh, to you. So, okay. yeah, like I, in a, in a bout, right, yeah, yeah. you know, wink at a queen, that kind of thing. Right. Oh. And then like, you know, punch somebody's Wallace helmet off. Look at her and just go. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> You know, walk over and pick up her napkin that she's holding. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, sort of exactly. Yeah. yeah, like <laughs> nightly right. combat, bingo. Um, that's cool. I love it. Uh, so let's do that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm glad Chris and I were on the same page. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so it's not just about winning in this particular mm-hmm. case. No, it is about establishing contact. Yes, right. And yes. impressing somebody who is, relatively speaking, way above you in the social strata. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's not that they don't care about the subjects that work for them in the because they not. do. Um, but it's it's making her realize that you are not just a pit fighter. That's right. You are somebody who's worthy of her full attention. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a daring thing to do. I would agree um but it's also while you're fighting trying to intuit what would impress one of the queens that's in the stands okay so i'm kind of thinking that this might be an insight security but you can pitch me another idea mm-hmm. that's more than just physical prowess this is winning in such a way that will particularly impress one of the queens. Mm, yeah, because this gotcha. is a queen of Some something other, else. Yeah. Not a combat queen. Yeah. It's like trying a few different moves during your fight to see which one they react to, and then winning okay. in that sort of manner. So this oh, sort I of see instinct, reading somebody else while you're trying to fight. Okay, that makes sense. Then I'd suggest um, insight command. And the notion is, hey, you need to be thoughtful about the way you're representing yourself. You're commanding attention in order to draw in her eye. And otherwise, if you already knew, then it'd just be a performance, but you're needing to tease things out and figure it out in the course of okay. it. Okay, yeah, so I'll go for that. Insight command, that works. Okay, fantastic. Uh, do we um, have any momentum? You have some momentum. You have three momentum. Ooh, fantastic, okay. And do you have any other tools that might give you some additional tie here? Let's see. Um, Let's, I think this is in, might be a risky maneuver. Um, it's also hand-to-hand combat. Yes, you are trying to do some social maneuvering on somebody third party while winning a fight in such a way as to impress. Yeah, definitely risky maneuver. Because right. you might end up losing on this. Yes, this could be bad. So, uh, Let's see. Do I have anything else? It's too bad those others are. (laughs) Hmm. Let let me ask this question. Will the outcome of this vary on a scale like most actions or is it binary? Meaning that if I get a higher level of success, is that going to have a better benefit? Yeah. Okay, great. So um, this is what's going to happen. Chichalor banked is a normal milestone from the last time. So he has one residual determination. And um, he's going to recall the time that, um, or not the time, just the the course of the whole battle with his, you know, Klingon buddy now, right? Mm -hmm. And throughout it, he needed to um, um, demonstrate his presence in addition to his fighting prowess. And so he's going to recall that there are certain Klingon techniques that are an aspect of their culture that he didn't know about until after that. 
that he gained insight in a, oh, this is how you make fighting entertaining and get people to pay attention to you. Yes. So um, the value he's going to invoke is fortune favors the bold, because this is bold thing to do. And then he's going to apply that determination if that's okay with you. So this sure. is what I'd okay. like to do. Okay. I'd like to um, use those two momentum to gain two additional dice. So I'd roll mm -hmm. four dice and I'd spend one determination. Okay. That sound good? That sounds good. All right, great. Fantastic, thank you. Pass scroll four dice. This is insight and command. All right, with a determination, we roll in it. Okay. With the complication. Mm -hmm. With the complication. So that's okay. six, six uh, successes with the complication, is that right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you may use some of those successes to buy off that complication if you wish. How much does it cost? I can't remember. Is it one? Two. Two. Ooh. Hmm. I think it's a good idea to get a slightly less success in order to avoid problems because we want progress. So I will accept four successes with no complication. Okay. Fair enough. And let's say this, that uh, maybe I was, in order to flavor it, um, maybe he was making a few mistakes and she wasn't paying attention. And that's when he remembered what he had learned in the previous mission with, and through Klingon fighting prowess and stuff like this, right? And his determination aided. I think you're going to like this. All right, cool. Great. <laughs> I'm here for it. So you're fighting and you're trying to come up with things and you've got this, you've got one, the queen picked out. Yeah. She's the one that seems the most interested in what's going on. You're like, okay, I'm going to work that one. Focus my mm -hmm. effort. And you try everything. You try fancy moves. You try the quick footwork. <laughs> you try flashy swordsmanship. It doesn't do anything. And and you're like pulling tools out of your toolbox like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and the toolbox is empty. Mm. And you throw the toolbox. And, <laughs> and then you remember that... For some, sometimes in Klingon culture, combat can be a porting ritual. Oh. <laughs> so you're not getting anywhere. You're running out of steam. You're getting tired. You're going to lose this fight. You need to wrap this up pretty quickly. So out of the blue, like a Cyrano de Bergerac, you start to recite poetry while you're fighting. <laughs> Like a proper Klingon. Good Andorian like a, like a stuff, Klingon. <laughs> yes. and, you know, because when a Klingon wants to impress some woman, he fights somebody in front of her. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, that is, so, and read your poetry. And read your poetry. Or recite your poetry. So that's what you do. You proceed to engage with this individual while, um, like, ad-libbing a sonnet. <laughs> Um, and that just the audacity of that move as you know um, you're dodging and you're parrying and you're thrusting and but you're not beating well, he's him he's thrusting alright yeah. <laughs> you're not beating him because you're not done your poem yet so you, oh, you can yeah. draw the fight out so you can get in all the stanzas of your poem Yes. and then as you finish the last line a big block 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 bam and down he goes and the crowd goes crazy but that queen is like, <laughs> um, and it's very easy for you to manipulate that. Um, uh, she asks for you by name, and you are escorted away after the fact. 
Um, and you will definitely be having your meeting with like another queen unrelated to the arenas next time. All right. <laughs> Mitchell, we're about to get some bold action, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's going to be some brandish genitalia. Let me just say oh that. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, just keep in mind that there's definitely some layers of social strata. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, it's a, it's yeah. it's primarily going to be a cultural change first. But I mean, like, who knows? You know? We'll see what happens, right? You make it a favor. Giant woman. <laughs> Thankfully, Dr. Hudson uh, studied in college some of the byproducts of cultural transmission. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a solar. Does he know how to repair crushed pelvises? <laughs> yeah, that's. Right. <laughs> Proceeded to notes on you know how to do things when there's a large size disparity. Oh God! <laughs> um, so the thank spirit you. is willing, and the flesh is not yet spongy and bruised. Okay, <laughs> Warden. Um, thank you everybody for joining us once more. I had such a good time. I hope you did too. Uh, thank you to Roll Twenty uh, for your sponsorship and our patrons. Thank you so much. Um, uh, just a little bit of uh, extra helps us do fantastic things like hire artists who um, are more artwork, which we're getting into very shortly. Um, uh, join us on Discord if you're wondering what all the brandished genitalia is about and when it might actually be necessary to brandish your genitalia. We will not brandish genitalia in Discord. <laughs> Thank no, you, Chris. Do not, do not, no pictures. Uh, join us on <laughs> uh, .space, um to join our Discord. It's just a great community that's awesome people. There's pets and food and music and artwork and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, if you uh, feel so inclined, please support us on uh, Patreon at staylucky.club. Um, and uh, I guess that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Join Bye. us next time for more bold action.